0: Welcome to Broadcast 1132. You can join us live every Sunday during our worship experience in Allen, Texas, or at church1132.com. I want to start a new series today, and uh, this is going to be called The Climb. Got it. Uh, Got it in there. The Climb to the Cross. The Climb to the Cross. This is The Climb to the Cross, part one. And we're going to read from Luke chapter 23, verse 13, uh, all the way through verse 25 says, Pilate called together the chief priests, the rulers, and the people, and said to them, You brought me this man as one who is inciting the people to rebellion. I have examined him in your presence and have found no basis for your charges against him. Neither has Herod, for he sent him back, sent him back to us, as you can see. He has done nothing, you need to just make a note of this, he has done nothing to deserve death. Therefore, I will punish him and then release him. But the whole crowd shouted away with this man, release Barabbas to us. Barabbas had been thrown into prison for an insurrection in the city and for murder. Wanting to release Jesus, Pilate appealed to them again. But they kept shouting, crucify him, crucify him. For the third time he spoke to them, why, what crime has this man committed? I have found in him no grounds for the death penalty. Therefore, I will have him punished and then release him. But with loud shouts, they insistently demanded that he be crucified, and their shouts prevailed. So Pilate decided to grant their demand. He released the man, Barabbas, who had been thrown into prison for insurrection and for murder, the one they asked for, and they surrendered Jesus to their will. I want to to speak um, from this topic, the climb to the cross, and we're going to talk this week and next week uh, about some encounters that Jesus had in his journey to the cross. And Jesus encountered a couple different people uh, on his way, and uh, one of the ones that he had an encounter with that, that sometimes is overlooked is the man Barabbas. And he has this really awkward encounter with Barabbas because in our text, we find that the people are asking for Pilate to crucify Jesus and to let Barabbas go. Now, the problem with this is Barabbas was a notorious criminal. He was a thief. He was known to be a thief. He had started an insurrection. He had murdered people. This guy was bad news. And so the awkward moment and the tension is that here's Jesus innocent and Barabbas guilty, and the people are saying, kill the innocent man, release the guilty man. This just, this just like confuses me because Barabbas did everything to be killed and lived, and Jesus did everything to live but was killed. And we see this parallel in this battle that's going through Pilate's mind and Herod's mind as they're the rulers of that time, and they trade off between each other because neither of them wants to take the blame. And Pilate's wife says, I had a dream. Listen to me. And I've learned a couple things in 10 years of marriage is that you listen when they say listen to me. And um, any, okay, so we've got a couple, couple happily married people out there. Rest, you need to come to the marriage conference. Uh, He hadn't learned that one yet. His wife says, you need to listen to me. Don't have anything to do with this man. He has done nothing wrong. But Pilate, because he was afraid of the people, was in a difficult situation. And because he was in this difficult situation, he began to listen. And we heard this in the last verse of the text. He began to listen to the shouts of the people until the point where the shouts of the people prevailed. Uh, I, Jamie and I, we have this kind of this running, um, I don't know if it's a joke or if she's just making fun of me, but um, I think that I recognize people all the time. So we'll be in airports and I'm like, there's that one guy from that one show. She's like, what show? I don't know, but that's that guy. What guy? I don't know, but that's him. You know, I think I recognize him. And um, there have been, sometimes I have been right? There have been a lot of times that I've been wrong. And uh, I see see, uh, Seattle Seahawks everywhere. I'm like, there he is. There he is. Russell Wilson is right. Okay, that wasn't wasn't him. I I just like, I kind of get caught up in it. And um, I thought I saw Ezekiel Elliott the other day because, you know, he was busy dancing on St. Patty's Day and got into a little bit of trouble. We're praying for him. And um, so I was down in that area, and I thought I saw him. And so uh, I'm like, oh, it's Ezekiel Elliott. And um, so Jamie, now she knows not even to entertain it. She just kept on doing what she was doing until I recognized it wasn't him. But there was one time I was right. And so uh, we got on a plane, and uh, we sat down, and I said, I don't know if you saw this or not, but BJ Novak is sitting right there. And uh, he's the, one of the writers and producers for The Office TV show. And um, he's the intern, if, if you watched it. And, and I'm like, that's B.J. Novak. And she's like, Dustin, here we go again. I'm like, no, I'm telling you, that's him right there. And uh, she's like, okay. So the whole flight, I'm like looking at him. I'm Googling pictures. I'm like, I got it. I know I'm right this time. So we got off the plane. I hurried up to him. And I'm like, hey, you're B.J. Novak, right? And he's like, yes. I'm like, all right. All right. Yes. Yes. I got it! He's looking at me awkwardly. I grab him, pull him into a hug. I'm like, Jamie, hey, take a picture. Take a picture. I don't even care about BJ Novak. I just wanted this so she knew I was right. I'm like, I'm going to hang this right on my bed. He's like, you remember that one time? I was right. I was right. BJ Novak's feeling like the superstar. He's like, oh my, this guy really is into me. I'm like, no, I just proved my wife wrong. <clears throat> But I recognized something uh, in, in, in his looks. the Because I'd, I'd seen something. When I saw him, I recognized something that made a correlation. And when I was reading this text, I was reading it over and over again, like a lot of times I do when I'm preparing a message. And I recognized something in Barabbas. He seemed familiar. I, I, I began to look at him. I began to study him. And I started thinking, wait... This guy that no one knows, I know. This man that we don't hear about very often, I know this guy. And so I started looking at his life and I started looking up every reference in the scripture where it ever talks about Barabbas and I started looking at him and I started looking at what was stacked against him and then I started looking at what he got away with and I started looking at it deeper and deeper and I started looking at his name and what his name meant and every time I looked deeper into who he was I recognized something in him that was in me. So Jesus is on his way to be tried, and we know that he would eventually go to the cross. Verse 15 says, Neither has Herod found anything in him, for he sent him back to us. As you can see, he has done nothing to deserve death. So I look at Jesus, and I don't find anything that's very similar. He, fi- he has no fault. He has no sin. He has not messed up. He has not made mistakes. And Pilate is trying him, and he says, we have found no fault in him. But then there's Barabbas, who has caused all kinds of issues, has messed up, has stolen, has killed people, and has now, he's in bondage, he is chained up. Because of what he's done, and because of what he's done, he now is facing a death penalty. Barabbas was a notorious criminal and was charged with starting an insurrection, we talked about this, and a murder. He had a lot stacked up against him. It was obvious that Barabbas deserved to die and Jesus deserved to live. Jesus and Barabbas were pitted against each other. One was going to die and one was going to live. There was no way that both of them were gonna live. It was one for the other. It was a substitute. This is the way that it was. It was not both of them could get free, or both of them could die. It was one cross for one criminal. Now, you got to understand the whole story to to, to understand all this, but Barabbas had been in prison for some time. Barabbas' death had already been planned because what he had done, it necessitated a death penalty. So his death was already prepared, even so far as to building the cross which he would die on. Now my my son Jude um, he, uh, he's, he struggled this year. He started soccer and um, he's got he used to have long flowing uh, blonde hair, like really long, which we loved. And um, we love Hawaii, and my wife used to live there, and, and uh, so we thought you know he'd be a little surfer boy. But in Dallas, they think he's a girl. So we had to do some things to help that. So we finally cut off his, his flowing locks. And, and I think it really empowered him in his soccer game. He scored his first soccer goal of his life yesterday. And so felt like it you know, kind of like it, it kind of empowered him. But when, when, when Jamie cut his hair, he, he said this when he looked in the mirror. He says, Mommy, now I look like Daddy and Baby. That's what he calls Genesis, his younger brother. He recognized something in himself that was in us. He, he saw a similarity, and he made the correlation. So for some reason, he probably was thinking that he didn't look like daddy and baby. Probably looked more like mommy for a little while there. And we had to clear that up. And so everything's good now, all right? Everything's right. And, and so he says, Mom, I look like daddy and baby. He made a correlation. When we changed his perspective, he recognized that he looked like someone else, that he found something in me and in his younger brother that was similar with him. My job this morning is to alter your perspective about how you see yourself, and instead of seeing Barabbas as a criminal and a thief and a murderer who was destined to die my job my assignment today is to get you in barabbas's shoes and for you to say and to see i have some similarities with barabbas i recognize myself in him i I, see we want to recognize ourselves with jesus don't we just Jesus doing everything right and healing people, interrupting funerals, people getting better, lame people getting up and walking, turning water into wine. Some of y'all really like that one, and and I mean whatever it, whatever it is, like like we we'd rather we'd rather talk about that than we would Barabbas. But if the truth were told, if we cut away the things from our life that was hindering us from seeing it, we would relate honestly with Barabbas more than. Jesus. And so I want to look at this and I want to see if you can recognize yourself in this story. Barabbas was bound like I was bound. Barabbas was bound like I was bound. Barabbas was bound because of his own choices. We find him at, as, as he is going through this process, he is not walking free. He is not out on bail. He is in prison and he is chained. See, I don't know if you recognize this or not, and some of us, it takes a while for us to see this, but we are walking through life, and we have bondages. We've got things that are holding us back. We've got chains. There's certain areas of our life that we just don't touch. There's certain areas of our life that we just don't talk about. we got areas that we just can't operate well in. You can say one name or one date or one city and you can go back to that moment in a second because it's not totally healed yet. It might be a scab but it's not a scar. God wants to change your scabs to scars because when a scab turns to a scar, a scar doesn't say that that, that that wound never happened. It just says it doesn't hurt like it used to. We always pray for God to get rid of the scars. The scar is the testimony of what you went through. You need to scar. You need to see what you went through because it's God's grace that brought you out. It was God's power that raised you up. It was God's power that, that raised you up from a situation that you didn't think you could get up from. And that scar is a reminder that you went through something. See you can know when a wound uh is historical and not emotional when the when the scab becomes the scar see a, a scab is difficult to touch and is still painful to the touch a, a scar i got some scars on my body from um just learning how to walk through life. And, um, and I wish I had some like, cool stories, but I don't. I jumped out of a tree one time and got cut all the way up my side because the stick was sticking up in the path. So I got a nice scar that goes all the way up my side. And uh, that, that scar never hurts anymore. Never causes me pain. I don't lay in bed and be like, oh, my, my scar. It, it, it never hurts, but I can still see it. See, many of us, we want to never forget, we want to never remember what we've been through. But the scar is there. It just means that when God touches it, he takes the pain from it. So you can see what you've been through, it just doesn't hurt like it used to hurt. So Barabbas was bound, just that's some thunder right there. Barabbas was bound just like I was bound. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1 it says this, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and your sins. This is talking about us. Paul says in those letters to, to the church at Ephesus, he says, you were dead in your transgressions and in your sins. We were bound just like Barabbas were bound. Ch- the, the chains of Barabbas you could see and our chains you can't see. The the bondage of Barabbas was obvious and ours is not so obvious, but it doesn't make it less real. Whether we want to admit it or not, there are areas where we are not free and Barabbas was imprisoned by his own choices and you and I, we sit here today and the choices that we have made have brought us into some sort of prison or some sort of bondage and I just got good news for you is that God is not satisfied with you staying in captivity. God is not satisfied with your emotional wounds, stained wounds. He wants to bring you to a place of healing, and it's possible. I don't know who this is for, but I need you to know it's possible. Some of you even said with your own mouth, I'll never heal from that. I'll never recover from that. That's a lie from the pit of hell. You will recover. You will heal. You will be all right. You'll make it through. You'll make it through, because God's invested in you, and when you make it through, it's a testimony of his power, not your power. The Bible says in your weakness he is made strong, not in your strength, not in your perfection. It is in the weak moment that God has made strength. Barabbas was bound like I was bound. And Barabbas, because of his choices, he deserved what I deserved. Barabbas was going to die for the things that he had done. Barabbas was going to die. And I know you and I, we look at our lives and and we say, well, I don't know if I've done anything that deserves death. I don't think I've gone that far. I don't think that I'm like stepping too far into the failure uh, arena that it would cause me to, to have to die for it. But this is what the Bible says. The Bible says that when we were born, we were born into sin, which means kind of that we barely had a chance. Because there was sin in us. When Adam sinned, it became innately a part of us that there was sin in us. And so this is what Romans chapter 3, verse 23 says. It says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. You ever heard that scripture? One of the most familiar scriptures in the Bible. It says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Now the problem is, is that in three chapters later, Romans chapter 6, verse 23, it gives you the consequence of said sin. It says, for the wages of sin is death. If you read Romans 6.23 by itself, you say, well, I'm not a sinner. Because you don't want that consequence. If you read Romans 3.23 by itself, then you, uh, with Romans 6.23, you find this. All have sinned, and the consequence of that sin is death. So now we find out that Barabbas actually deserved physically what we deserve spiritually. We're more like Barabbas than I thought. Barabbas deserved death because of what he did. Barabbas deserved the death penalty and the chains on his hands and the imprisonment that he had because of the choices that he made. And we live and we're bound and we deserve death because of the sin. That is in each and every one of us. Now I know that's not good news, but we're not done, so don't worry. All right, don't get discouraged yet because we're not done. God's not done until it's good. Remember this: we've been talking about this. God's not done until it's good. So just because Barabbas owed what I owe, or deserved what I deserved, or he was he was uh, went through the same things that I went through, he was bound like I was bound. He deserved what I deserved. This is number three, and this is where we're going to spend the rest of our time. Barabbas. Barabbas was pardoned like I was pardoned. Barabbas was pardoned like I was pardoned. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, it says, God made him who had no sin, Jesus, to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Now, this is good news for you and for me. This is simple. This is simple. This is not Old Testament type and shadow. This is New Testament up front, up close, and personal. This is the gospel, friends. These next couple weeks, it's going to be really simple. But this is the gospel, the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ that we can never get away from, that we can never water down, that we can never, that we can never push to the side as if we've already understood it. You know, every time I study the gospel, I find something else out. Every time I study the cross... I am more in love with Jesus than I was before because when I see what he did, and I see why he did it, and when I really look inside myself and I see who I am and what I deserve, y'all don't get to see all my failures. Y'all don't get to see all my weaknesses. I don't get to see uh, up close and personal into your mistakes and in your disobedience. and your, I don't get to see that, but we all know. We all know. I, I, was, I was tweeting out some frustrations last night because I decided to save some money in my house and um, to just do a little DIY. Anybody ever found out that's a really bad idea? Yeah, especially when it comes to plumbing. So I had a couple of toilets that need to be fixed. I got no problem. I can fix a couple of toilets. No problem. Jamie said, call the plumber. I said, I am your plumber. Don't need anybody else. Thank you. I'm the only man in this house that's needed. Thank you very much save my $500 and your opinion, okay? Now, so I went to Home Depot, I got everything that I needed. I found this out about DIY. You never get everything that you need, right? And if you do get everything you need, you got the wrong thing and you gotta go switch it out. So I got everything I need and I was working and um, the first one was seamless. I fixed this toilet so fast, I thought I should go in the plumbing business. That's how, that's how fast this thing came together. It's like, um, you think I created that thing? I mean, it was amazing. So I went at the, the next one with the same zeal and passion and confidence, and that one proved to be a little more difficult. And luckily, uh, we had some people on staff that have some knowledge because I was calling them up saying, hey, I'm about to, I'm about to, I'm about to do this. I'm about to turn this thing and um, get this broken piece off. And uh, Pastor Chris said, Pastor Justin, please don't do that. I said, it's broken. I got to get it off. He said, please don't do that. Please don't do that. You're about to flood your house. I said, oh, okay. What do I need to do? He goes, oh, turn the water off. Oh, where do I do that? At the street. The street? What is my water doing down at the street? I mean, I just like, y'all pray, y'all pray for me. So I just, you know, I had to go down the street, and outside, turning turn the water off. And, and um, anyways, I will, I'll, I'll save you the whole story. But, but I, I realized um, that deep down in me is sin. And plumbing is my trigger. And if I smash my thumb one more time, it was like I was going to need to get saved all over again. It was, it was getting that bad. It was just like, Lord Jesus. I mean, I was repenting on my front yard, just laid out like, Lord, I'm sorry for my wrong attitude right now. I'm like, may the fire of God strike this water meter because it wouldn't turn. Anyway, anyways, let me, let, me, let me say this. Let me say this. Deep within us, whether we want to admit it or not, whether we want to say it or not, we all know. We all know that we're more like Barabbas than we are like Jesus. And so Barabbas, in this story, he was pardoned like I was pardoned. Verse 23 says, but with loud shouts, the crowd insistently demanded that he be crucified, and their shouts prevailed. So Pilate decided to grant their demand. He released the man who had been thrown into prison for insurrection and murder. It's wrong. And the one they asked for. And they surrendered Jesus to their will. Jesus took his place, his penalty, and his pain. Jesus stood in. See, we, we, we just go on with the story. But you got to understand that when Barabbas was set free, he went free. The chains were taken off, and he walked off. And every penalty that was supposed to go on Barabbas went on Jesus. And I'll prove it to you, that Jesus died in between two thieves. Do you know who the third thief was supposed to be? It was supposed to be Barabbas. Did you know that the cross that Jesus carried was not Jesus' cross? It was Barabbas' cross. It was already made. It was pre-constructed for Barabbas but Jesus stepped in and God the heavenly father that he is said Barabbas I want you to live and even though you deserve death I am going to create a substitution I am going to create a go between I am going to create someone to stand in the gap for you so Jesus I love you but I also love Barabbas and so he sent Jesus to have Barabbas' chains and Barabbas' beating, and Barabbas' punishment, and Barabbas' cross, and Barabbas' death. And Barabbas walked free. We don't even hear about him anymore. There is not even any account that Barabbas came to the cross. There is not even any account that he was grateful. There was no account that he ever gave his heart or his life. There is no account that he ever had a moment of surrender to God. There's no account of it. We just never hear from him again. Jesus dies, and the guilty man goes free. It's unfair, isn't it? Does it hit you the same way it hit me? It's, it's unfair, but when I realize that I am Barabbas, that I've done these things, and I've been in these places, Jesus came so that I could go free because of the willing substitution of the innocent Jesus. Barabbas' like us go free every day. Jesus wasn't even killed on his own cross. He took Barabbas' punishment, his pain, on himself. And friend, if you haven't drawn the conclusion yet, I'm going to tell you this, is this is what Jesus did for me and for you. So this is the wild thing, is that he died for everything that you did and everything you will do. He took on himself. That's the power of the cross. Sometimes we lose its value. We lose its power. But that is the power of the cross of Jesus, is that he saw what we would do, and he said, I'll take your place. You deserve to die, and you deserve to die, and you deserve to die, and you're in prison, and you're bound up. But the Father so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son he, he gave him willingly so that Barabbas could go free it's one thing if it was me and you I mean in church on Sunday morning first service I mean it's raining outside some of y'all just stayed and watched it online I see you you're not going to melt you alright And we feel like if we're Barabbas, like I get it. But it's like us. We're worshiping. We're so grateful. So grateful for the cross. And this is the power of God's love. Is that he said, I will have Jesus take Barabbas' place even if Barabbas would never change his ways. And even if he never changed his ways, his punishment was still removed. His shame was still removed. His consequence was still removed. Jesus made it possible for Barabbas to walk free. And that's what he does for me and for you. That is the power of the cross. And this is the wild thing, is that in Romans chapter 5, verse 6 through 8, it's a familiar passage, but you'll love it. It says, you see at just the right time. I love that God knows just the right time. While we were still powerless, while we were Barabbas, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still Barabbas, Christ died for us. Let me tell you something about the cross. When they nailed Jesus on that cross, they nailed everything that would ever condemn you everything that comes in your mind that makes you unfaithful, everything that comes in your mind that makes you disqualified, everything in your mind that almost kept you from church today, that was nailed on that cross over 2,000 years ago. That was the things that were put on his hands and the whipping that he took on his back. That was the pain that he endured because in his eyes he saw us. He saw you and he saw your kids. He saw your future kids. He saw your legacy. He saw future generations and God said, I love my Son. but I love these Barabbases so I'll sacrifice him for a chance at them and this is the crazy thing is Barabbas' name Bar Abba means son of the father Barabbas means son of the father so you have the heavenly father sending his son and Jesus was a son of the father And then you have Barabbas who was a natural son but he was a son of the Father. You have a first Adam and you have a last Adam. You have a heavenly son and you have a natural son. And the heavenly son had to die so that the natural son could have a chance. And you and I are the natural son. You you and I get the chance to say yes. You and I get the chance to run free. Pastor, you don't know what I did. Do you know what Barabbas did? Jesus didn't blink an eye. Pilate thought he was letting God down by killing Jesus and appeasing the crowd. But God was working behind the scenes. And Pilate had to listen. He had to listen to make sure that Jesus was the substitute and Barabbas went free because when Barabbas went free, it was the sign for me and for you that we had the opportunity and the possibility to go free ourselves. So the father treated Jesus like Barabbas so he could treat Barabbas like Jesus. I hope you got that. So the father treated Jesus like Barabbas so he could treat Barabbas. Like Je- So he punished Jesus so that he could love us. Do you know the Bible says that nothing can separate you from the love of God? Oh, you thought that waking up late and being mad that you even woke up this morning could separate No, no, that can't separate you. You thought what you did this weekend could se- No, that can't separate you nothing, no thing can separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. As we are ramping up to Easter, this is the most glorious news is that whatever I've been through and whatever I've done he has made provision for me and when he hung there on the cross that has so much more meaning now because that wasn't Jesus' cross it was mine and it was yours it was made in relation to To the sin of Barabbas, not in relation to the sin of Jesus. So when they put Jesus on Barabbas' cross, it was on Barabbas' consequence. And so when the cross fell in the ground, Jesus was on. His blood poured over Barabbas' consequence, and Jesus' blood pours over your consequence. It pours over your past, it pours over your mistakes. And everything that you've walked through, <coughs> excuse me. He didn't just take his death penalty, and this is where we're going to close. Jesus didn't take just Barabbas's death penalty, a life for a life. He also took his chains, and this is where we're going to close right here. Is that some of you might have already said, "Well, yeah, I know this, Pastor. I know this. This is this is elementary. I know this. I'm so grateful for the cross." But my question would be, are you still sitting in prison cells and still walking with chains? He didn't just die so you could live. He died so that you could be free, sir. He died so you could be free, ma'am. He died so your kids could be free. He died so that you could walk in freedom. For he who the sun sets free is free indeed. He didn't just die so that we could go to heaven. He died so we could bring heaven to earth. He died so that we could have a chance at life and a new lease on living. He died so that the chains that would be on us, even though we deserve them, would fall off at the, at the mention of of His name. The Bible says His name is the name that is above. Which means has more authority than any other name. That at the name of Jesus every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. You know what I think we should do this morning? I think we should just like radically I know it's raining outside, you're all warm, you got your coffee, you're sitting there snuggled up. But I think in just a minute, I think, I think we should radically thank God for the cross. I, I, mean like, I mean like, not like your grandpa's church or your church you grew up in or whatever. See, sometimes we regulate our worship to what spiritual environment we grew up in. So now we have a, a predisposed idea of what worship should look like. And it didn't come from our response to God. It came from the spiritual environment that we were in. That's why I'm really confused when people say church shouldn't be this way or shouldn't be that way. Well, their, their, their knowledge is built by their experiences. So because they had a different experience and this one doesn't line up with their experience, then they think it shouldn't be done that way. you, you got to break that off your life. You should respond how you would respond if you were Barabbas and you were sitting in your prison cell. And hearing outside. Then putting together the cross that you would die on, Watching the crowds yell and scream. The shame that you would feel in the last moments of your life. The last hours, the last days. And you're thinking through all your regrets. And then you start hearing the people yell. Give us Barabbas. Give us Barabbas. And there must have been hope that came in Barabbas. Like, wait, what? What? They they want me? And you know what? It's not a sound of a crowd today. It's not a sound of a crowd rioting and cheering. It's the sound of God the Father himself. And he's yelling your name. He's saying, come on out. Come on out. Well, Sometimes we're like, God, break these chains. He said, why do you got to break what I'm freeing you from? Why do you got to break out of a prison that I already gave you pardon from? See, we're trying to break out of things that God wants to open the door to. We're trying to bust out of things that God says, I already gave you access to. God wants you to walk in freedom. And all you got to do is acknowledge that He paid the price. And He got on your sin and on your consequence. And march on out. Because we said it already. He who the Son sets free is free indeed. And my Bible says, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So these chains can't hold me any longer. This bondage can't hold me any longer. This depression can't hold me any longer. I am Barabbas and Jesus took my place. Come on, why not you stand up and we're going to begin to worship the Lord. Thanks for listening. You can find out more about us at church1132.com.